Hey, welcome to the Aging Gracefully podcast. Today, we've invited some people here to talk with us. Spoiler, one of them is Janae, who is go- they're going to be talking about long-term relationships. Those relationships that began when we're younger and continue to this day years and years later. And what does that look like? I'm Mary Thompson. I'll be moderating today. And what I'd like to do first off is to invite our guests to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about how has the relationship changed over time? How long have you been in relationship? What would you like to share with us just starting out? And Janae, can I pass it off to you to start us off? Sure. So obviously my name is Janae. Um, I have been with my husband, Roderick, for 30 years now, married for 28. Wow. So when we met, we were young and idealistic and... Um, the world was our oyster. I remember um, a couple years into the relationship, our house burned down into ashes. And we were both actually thrilled. Like We were like, wow, now we don't own anything. This is amazing. And we vowed to never own more than we could keep in a small car. And of course, now we have a house full of stuff and a kid and all that. So lots of things have changed. I think every decade thinks and feels and behaves differently. And so here we are in our late 50s, and um, we're settled, and but still, you know, I've watched his body change, I've watched my body change, more aches and pains, we've slowed down, he's yearning to start semi-retiring, and you know, things continue to change. Um, but underneath it all, the love and the friendship are strong and abiding, and, and that's seen us through all the changes that life has brought upon us. Okay, well, thanks. Would you introduce yourself, please? Yes, I'm Annie, and I have been married for 32 years, coming up on 33. And we met in our 20s when we had very few responsibilities and we were traveling the world for 15 years and then decided to have a child and then 17 years of that change. So there's been a lot of um, opportunity for growth in our relationship with, um, with all that change. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Uh, what the question on the table is... Oh, it was kind of, how has the relationship changed over time? Oh, how has it changed over time? Well, there's a lot I could go into, but I guess the nutshell statement would be that uh, we continue to love to learn and grow together and even through really difficult times we've had opportunities to to become just better people through it together and there's a commitment to do it together and um, as my husband said when I asked him this question he was like the woman needs patience and to have low expectations (laughs) with the man like that's that's probably kind of true But I I think for us, getting past the ego of being right, like there is no right, that has been sort of across the board, one of the ways that we we get along because we're, that's that's in the human experience, I think, for humans to want to be right. And that can tear people apart. I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) And Jan. My name's Jan. I'm... I guess I could call myself the elder of this group. I'm 74, almost 75, and uh, have been with my partner since our early, our mid-40s. And so that's really different than both of you, and yet everything that you've said echoes absolutely perfectly. Patience and acceptance is so important. We got together carrying our baggage with us, 
baggage including kids and exes and all the stuff that you accumulate over 45 years. But a big part of that is the good stuff, the adventures that we both had in our, our previous lives. So we came together as fairly full, fully realized human beings. Oh, that sounds awfully pretentious. But anyway, <laughs> there's a lot of us there when we got together. And hopefully as much insight as 45 years can give you. So it was great to get together with somebody I felt myself with and felt accepted with. And I had never felt that before. And I didn't know that I hadn't felt that before because I just didn't have it. Every relationship had been missing something. And there was an empty space inside of me until my partner came along. And that sharing our lives together in a comfortable way has been the way it's been for 30 years, you know. I've seen enough drama in my life and in my work and I choose not to feed the drama of the conflict of my ego versus your ego and I want it this way, not that way. To learn to let go of that, to learn to be firm and clear in myself in the relationship without being in a struggle has been really important. The other thing is aging, which we're talking about, and that's been another kind of struggle, a struggle to be okay with the fact that I, my body is sagging more and slower and I don't have the energy that I've had and I don't have, I have the enthusiasm inside but it doesn't come out in the same way. So being okay with that and then being okay with how that affects a relationship. So the words I heard were about friendship and patience and companionship and self-acceptance. Are there other words that come to mind that you might feel would attribute to the ability that you've had to stay together for the length of time you've been together where many people struggle? I love what Jan said about no drama. Um, there are so many relationships that are fiery and uh, turbulent, and I, I don't see a lot of those relationships lasting decades and decades. They often seem to burn out at some point. Whereas I, I would suppose that the three of us have relationships now that are fairly low drama, that have more of a, um, you don't question what you have. You know, you know you've got this amazing love and friendship and that you're there for each other no matter what. Whereas drama often throws that into question. Does that make sense? I want to make a distinction between drama and passion. Because drama, to me, is conflict and unresolved conflict and all the energy and frustration and anger and aggression and stuff that comes out of that. Whereas passion is pretty basic. You know, if you don't have that in a relationship, then I feel sorry for you. Because passion is life, happiness, a sense of freedom, a sense of adventure, and in a relationship, a sense of a deep, deep, deep connectedness that is unlike anything else. And I am so grateful to have had that and to continue to have that. And it's a little softer and slower, <laughs> but it's still there. I have great love and excitement about my partner, and I think he's just an amazing person. And I'm so excited to be with him and get that he sees the same thing in me. When I hear the term drama, I think it's the ways in which we tend to test the relationship to see 
what's happening with it. And I think it comes from that lack of self-acceptance, lack of kind of self-confidence that I'm going to push the boundaries on this. I'm going to push buttons to see, you know, do you still love me or whatever? And that's completely different than passion. And I think yeah. that's where the relationships that are that fizzle when they're younger is they're caught up in that testing. Is this a real relationship? Does it meet my needs? Is this what I want? Whereas I think what you're describing is completely different. They'd be falling into that as opposed to poking holes in the, in the barrier. This is Annie responding to Jan. And when she said the unresolved conflict, that is the part that I don't think I could live into. It would be so much stress. So much of our lives, my husband and I are, are for growth and contribution. And I just wouldn't be able to contribute in the way if, if I was in constant conflict. So I, the ability to resolve. And for us, I think the word that comes up for me is integrity. That when we say something, our word is really, really important. So that if we have a promise or an agreement, we do our very best to keep it. And if we can't, or we don't, or we make a mistake or screw up, then we clean it up. And we know how to clean it up together. And that allows us just a lot of space and room for, for the growth that we want to have happen and the learning that we do together. Uh, one thing that also came up too is just luck. <laughs> because sometimes I, people don't pick the right person for them for longevity it's just um and there's no litmus test to say is it the wrong person or is it our egos and conflicts getting in there so i'm lucky to have a person that matched me really well mm -hmm. that's a good point i i narrowly avoided marrying several different people but managed to hold off until i was really 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 sure but, you know, easily I could have been swayed into a marriage that wouldn't have worked nearly as well. So, yeah, luck does have a factor here. Mm -hmm. so this question is about having known your husband as a young man. Has their aging in the relationship impacted the relationship in some way? Who wants to take it on first? <laughs> <laughs> My husband is more claustrophobic <laughs> in tight spaces. Like, that's his, like, I think aging sometimes accelerates some of our weaker points and so this is like if you get too close in the kitchen or whatever and I'm a really like I like to be close to people real close by and so um, I just noticed that mine is worry my worry tends to escalate as I get older mm -hmm. and that's my aging thing that I'm working with I'm working on that mm -hmm. Roderick used to kind of be immortal uh, nothing ever hurt his body uh, he never forgot anything. He never needed glasses. He was just amazing up until only a couple of years ago, and he's 57. And all of a sudden, you know, he's hurt something in his back, and he's needing glasses to read, things like that. So watching him kind of slow down and wanting to slow down and wanting a slower life, which I do too. It's funny how that kind of naturally happens. <sighs> Trying to decide what direction to go in here. Um... Contraction, contracting, is something I see in old people who are all hunched over and their heads lead ahead of their bodies and there's a sadness and a smallness about that process that is kind of scary, to say the least. So I've been very lucky and really just kept as busy as busy as busy could be for an incredibly long period of time and it wasn't until I in my 60s that I began to feel the slowing down and began to feel um, that I'm getting old. And then I hit 70. 
oh my God, I am old. And then my body started showing some symptoms. And my husband and I have been incredibly lucky to be so healthy for as long as we have been, which means that we think we won't be forever until mm -hmm. something happened. And so for the last three years, um, you know, I've been dealing with my own physical limitations, and it's been a drag because it takes an incredible amount of time you know, to keep compensating for this part of the body by using that part of the body. And that's, you know, really gets in the way of getting things done. So there's a real shift in me in my 70s from doing to just being and being able to enjoy sitting or laying around because that's what I have to do a lot of the time. I do what I can and then I lay around and recuperate for a while. Well, that was just me. My husband was still going full, full speed ahead until a few months ago. And then he threw his back out. Something awful happened to him, and he was in a lot of pain. And then, you know, we have a big farm with a lot of acreage to maintain, and neither one of us had the physical energy to do that. This is the first year that we've had to have help. And uh, accepting that has not been easy. Accepting is not just sort of I have found that it's not just coming to some lovely spiritual place where, oh, it's everything is wonderful. No, it's not wonderful. I don't like that I have so little energy. It's not okay with me. I accept that it's inevitable. I'm ex I, I get that this is my life now. And I'm getting better at it minute to minute. But overall, I get that acceptance is, doesn't mean resignation doesn't mean settling for less. It means finding some inner peace with the way it is, the way I am, the way we are. And it sounds like, you know, with, with more periods of just lying around, that you're finding some gifts there too, the gift of simply being instead of constantly doing. Yeah, I read Be Here Now a long time ago. <laughs> long, long time ago. It was the Bible way back when. You know, he's got a new book. It's called Still Here. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk libido? Yeah. Definitely yeah. a Definitely a, a shift. In a, yeah. So A what? Libido. Huh? <laughs> L-I-B-I-D-O. <laughs> that's, that's a difference when you said what's the difference in the aging. My husband's isn't as... Um, didn't make much change and mine really it changed with the child and it changed with menopause and I'm less like and hormones have always been mm, all over so here we are again so I'm, I'm really putting attention to that for a while I was in denial I just went okay low libido whatever and I went wait I think there's some things I can do what can I do what can I do to help myself with vaginal dryness <laughs> and things like that <laughs> yeah because so, they're real yeah. issues. Yeah. So what did you find? Because I think that is a change that a lot of us go through postmenopausal. All of a sudden, I always tell my friends if I was to get into a new relationship when the sex is off the charts, I'd say, I'd need an estrogen drip. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> because when, it, when the estrogen level drops, there's no physical push. Well, my friend yes. swears by the estrogen patch, which I have not tried. Anybody tried that yet? No. Okay, she swears by it. She's like pushing me into the office to, to get one. But um, I tried the estrogen suppositories, and that was helpful for a little while. And then now I'm doing an estrogen testosterone cream, and I think that's helping. That's really good for me. Mm -hmm. And then I was telling these guys I, I take maca, a teaspoon of maca powder, 
every day in applesauce or you could take it in Janae does cacao powder drink and that helps my libido yeah but then you want to make sure your husband's around because my husband's been used to that he's like wait what what wait <laughs> what's going on that was Fun that stuff. was maca m-a-c-a <laughs> so you're noticing annie a um an instant libido surge i'd say about within um about two or three hours wow. but i'm also a daytime libidoer i mean that's for me it's not mm -hmm. nighttime i'm like get me to bed and i gotta sleep so i can rejuvenate mm -hmm. so if i take it at like 10 a.m watch out mm -hmm. at one or two like honey where are you <laughs> like i'm working <laughs> see i think that's a big thing i think we talked about this in in an earlier podcast that to plan for and be creative about their sex life because of during our younger years, a lot of our sex life is driven by hormones. And it's like, oh, my hormones are up and I want to have sex. And then we get postmenopausal and we have to kind of create that desire. We want to look for things that are going to make us feel sexual or look for intimacy in different ways that may end up leading that direction. And I think finding something that works for you and creates that, helps to create that physical feeling is yeah. really important. And, and the podcast Sex with Emily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you might want to talk with her and have her on there. Okay. There's some great stuff. There's mm -hmm. the Doc Johnson toys for men on there that can, can help alleviate. Anyway, that's, I've got, that's I've got a whole wide topic. We're going right. to have you back so you can talk all about that. But it's a question of aging in that um, women, uh, you know, we're postmenopausal by usually by the time we're in our 50s, and men are still reasonably going strong until they're about 65, right? And then the libido starts to lose some. Some of it's oomph. But so, Jan, you're already there. If you would care to talk about your experience with sex. Well, it wasn't fun <laughs> at first. I mean, we had a great sex life for a long, long time. So when everything slowed down, both for my partner and me, um, at least it, it started, you know, that was a mutual thing. But um, I had... When I talked earlier about acceptance, this is a big one to accept that uh, uh, I'm all dried up and he's all n not so strong and solid and we don't have the endurance. So it's not just that physical stuff, but lovemaking, which could be quick or could be long or could be whatever. There's no such thing as a quickie anymore <laughs> at all. And having a low libido and then having the anticipation of having to have a long endurance to get there for both of us is a real challenge. It's a real mm -hmm. challenge. And I'm glad you found a lot of toys or aids to help. Mm -hmm. And I have had more trouble with that, but now I have some more ideas, so watch out. <laughs> yeah, I have a question for you, Jan, which is about, you've been with your husband through retirement, through, yes. through that shift from being, having an active working life into retirement. And can you say anything about that? How did that impact the relationship? Did it? Neither one of us did a nine to five career mm -hmm. path at all. Mm -hmm. We both have lived alternative lifestyles before and since we've been together. So for me, it became an official retirement. Actually, I retired about five different times from five different <laughs> things that I have done in my life. But um, it, it, for me, in a sense, it was all of a sudden, 
I didn't really retire. I burnt out. I finally got to the point where I just couldn't do it anymore. I was done. So retiring sounds better than burnout, so that's, <laughs> that's the word I use. My husband is still going strong because he can. He's uh, a musician, and he has all kinds of projects, and he has an incredible drive. His music is so much of who he is. And he's at an age where he wants to get all that out before he's not able to. So he has a, uh, a lot of drive, and he's at, you know, at his computer, at his, his instruments, doing his thing, where I'm not necessarily doing so much. Um, so there's a part of me that says, well, this being is nice, but there are things I could do or should do or want to do. Getting comfortable with that has been interesting. Retirement has been wonderful because it takes away a sense of obligation, responsibility, or guilt, for the most part, for the most part. But there are phases, I've noticed, just as a, there are phases in a relationship, there's a phase between me and the productive me. And um, the first few years of retirement, I completed projects that I had started that I was really committed to. And now I'm in that phase where now I've done that, but I'm not ready to do the dreams that I always wanted to do. I just am pretty much okay being, just being. Of course, we live in a beautiful area of the world where I can sit and just hear the river. And uh, that goes a long way. That's great. Now, you're probably both looking forward to a time period in the future where there may be a shift in careers and maybe a slowing down as well. Do you, what do you see in the future? What, how do you think that that might impact your relationships? I sort of retired a long time ago. I mean, I'm, I'm doing what I love, and, and that's about five different things, but I love every one of them and nothing like a nine-to-five job. Um, so... My husband has basically given me that gift. And I'm also mothering, so, you know, because my kid's only 15. Um, so that's happening as well. Um, but, yeah, so when we talk about our future, we don't talk really about slowing down very much. We, we do talk about having more time to just pause and breathe, but we also have projects and ideas and things we feel compelled to do. So um, things will shift but I, I don't think that it's about going to a golf, you know, living in a neighborhood with a golf course and spending our time doing that. Mm -hmm. I think in some ways with the, uh, our son leaving and having an empty nest next year, we've really been talking about what's next. And we've enjoyed so much of what we've done in our life. We want a lot of it to just continue, only we're both ramping up more with our careers. So we're in a little different place. I slowed down even though I kept things going but really slowed it down to parent similar and I'm really ramping back up again so I see us putting a lot of energy towards that a lot of energy towards fun travel together which we always did before we're going to put some more in as a twosome instead of a threesome and um, just exciting we're always one of us is always bringing something new and challenging and interesting to the relationship and so just a lot more of that that's great. I don't know what retirement is exactly. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that is. And I really appreciate Jan's telling us in, in her experience because I don't have that yet. So I really thank you. 
You know, I wish there was a better word. I haven't mm-hmm. thought of one yet. Because mm-hmm. there's something about retirement that's kind of sad. Yeah. You know, the, the classic idea of retiring and, and playing golf. Yeah. It's not my idea of yeah. fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to do what you enjoy doing and having the freedom to do that is a gift mm-hmm. that I'm every day grateful for. Right. I remember when I left my last job, they would say I was retiring, and I would say, no, I'm transitioning, but I thought that sounded worse. California. So I had to come up with something new. I'm reinventing myself. And I think that's a big part of topics we've talked about here on the podcast is trying to reinvent these words to take away some of the negative connotation you know, we have so many words that are charged, and I think retirement is one that we picture it someone, re, you know, pulling themselves back from engagement, and this could be having different forms of engagement. I think a part of my reason for asking the question is, just you know, differently from all of you, I have a great age difference between my husband and myself, and so there was a time period that he was going through more of retiring from his work life, and I was still working. He's about eleven years older than me, and I found that it became a problematic that he was always trying to connect because he felt lonely and he didn't have a, you know, he had to reinvent his sense of purpose and find that work. And he was calling quite often while I'd be at work. And so I had to change my ringtone because I would look and I would, I'd go, oh, he's calling. And I changed my ringtone to Stevie Wonder saying, I just called to say I love you. And so it automatically shifted for me what was happening, which was, oh, that's right. He's, he's going through something and he's just reaching out because he's, because he loves me and he misses me and he wants to have that connection, not because he doesn't realize how busy I am and that I can't take this phone call at this time. And so it was a shift. It was a, it was a shift for us because I was still actively working, not nine to five, but still actively engaged outside the home. And he wasn't. And that made it, that made a difference. So that was something I had to go through. That reminded me of how busy I was when I was working, taking care of other people, taking care of other people, doing the nurturing thing. And, you know, I got a lot of satisfaction out of my work. I did a lot of really good stuff. But there came a point where I got tired of that. And I was very conscious of retiring in the sense of retiring from the world out there and taking care of other people and doing the things that I want and need to do for myself. And so my commitment now, I'm not retired because I work. I go to the gym. I go to the gym four days a week. And that is work. That is a commitment to myself and my health. And it's a lot better than getting cut open and, you know, fixed. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that true? Well, I can't believe our time is up, but I want to ask one last question of everybody. And that is, probably ties in a little bit to the last one, which is looking forward, what does aging gracefully look like in your relationship as you envision its future? For us, Mary, I would say it's embracing what's to come. I mean, nobody will ever know what's to come until it's come, of course. And however, when when one is aging, uh, there, you can always look at it like, oh my gosh, he's bothering me at work, or you can look at it like, oh, he's calling because he loves me. I mean, there, you can shift your perspective, and you can feel bad for lying around, or you can feel, wow, now I can just be. So hopefully, for me, aging gracefully is making that shift in perspective 
Um, obviously, it won't all be that lovely, um, but none of life so far has been that lovely. So it's, it's embracing whatever we're given and making the best of it and learning and growing through it. And I'm blessed to have a partner and best friend to do it with. I, I go back to the word accepting. We have no idea what's going to happen. We have no idea what's going to happen to our bodies or when or how bad it's going to be and what's going to happen to our partner. And you don't, anything could happen any day. So on the one hand, as I get older, I feel myself closing down. There's a, a sense of closing down and I, I kind of... I feel that physically, but I do everything I can to keep that from feeling smaller. I don't want to feel smaller. I don't want to feel less effective. But I am not in control, and my body is showing me that every day. And the same with my husband. So for us to be able to accept that we can't control what's going to happen to our bodies, to our lives, in this world that these days is out of control, politically, environmentally, to find a way to be at peace with ourselves and with each other in a, in a, a world that's out of control. That's a challenge. Yeah. Mm, so good. Barry and I both like to do personal growth work. I, I feel that's an antidote to some of the stuckness that can happen. And then we do couples growth work together too. And always I'm reminded of humility and, and just the, what there is out there that I don't, I don't know at all. And so that I feel allows me to go into this next spaces when I don't have control, I'll have less and less control and just keep being in that place of, of humility and, uh, yeah, and there, and grace. There's grace and gratefulness. Those come up for me if I can stay in those places. But both Barry and I, we do a lot of gratefulness practice, sharing awareness, and um, there's always something in my life to be grateful for. So even as we age, even as death approaches in our lives, and maybe more tragedies, who knows, there's the gratefulness within me to, to have it, and to have it together. You said really special. I count myself very, very lucky to have that. Thank you. Well, thank you, Jan and Annie and Janae, for sharing with us today. This has been a wonderful conversation. I've really appreciated hearing the insights from each one of you. So, thank you again for listening. This is Mary Thompson signing off. <laughs>